0: Welcome to the WLU AMC podcasts. We are your hosts Luke Jenkins and Megan Harden, and the show is engineered and edited by Matt Cable.
1: The Laurier AMC, formerly known as the Laurier CIA, is an organization that facilitates events, socials, and composition opportunities for student composers, songwriters, and improvisers, and anyone else that creates new music at the Faculty of Music at Laurier. For more information, check out LaurierAMC.Weebly.com or on our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: In this podcast, we'll be talking to the music creators of Laurier about their music careers and anything else that comes up.
1: All right, so we're gonna start off with letting you introduce yourself.
2: Oh, that's cool. Just Go ahead. about just, Greg.
1: Yeah. Tell us a bit about yourself. You Can say whatever you want. It's oh, cool. To be well,
2: about music. is it recording now? Or- oh, it is yeah. recording. Okay, cool. Well, hi, my name's Greg. I'm a fifth-year music major, comprehensive major to be exact. Um, I chose Laurie for composition. Um, The community, I love the second-year program, which unfortunately they got rid of. Um, (laughs) I'm really bad at this, jeez. I like playing with sounds in my pieces. Um, I enjoy preparing piano a lot. Uh, I like playing with sounds a lot because I like to explore the instrument past its limitations. I believe in really breaking limits, creating new limits. And yeah, that's a, that's me in a nutshell.
0: Nice. Very cool. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, so what was your musical life like before coming to Loria?
2: Um, well, it was a typical, um, uh, it was just a bunch of piano, typical piano lessons, um, uh, when it came to composition, I was part of a band for a bit, so that's where it really began. Uh, I enjoyed making music with my band, and then I wanted to take it a bit further, and then with music school, I saw Laurie's comp program, and I was like, well, let's give it a go, let's give it a shot, let's see what happens, because I was used to, I'm more of like, I was doing a lot of songwriting, and then Laurie sort of helped me break free and do more than just songwriting, bandwriting.
1: Is that where you think that you sparked your interest in composition or improvising?
2: Um, Probably, yeah, just because it was the first time I actually created something, and then hearing other people play my stuff felt really good. It was like that moment where it's like, I can't really describe it, but it's like, every time I hear someone play my stuff, I go like, wow, I wrote that, (laughs) and I like it, and then there's like, a tear sheds down every time (laughs) I hear someone play it, so it's just that one moment where it just feels really good to hear your music being played by others, so it's, like, one way for me to express myself is to sort of write music and then hearing others play it. It's, like, a really nice – it just feels good. It feels really nice.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great feeling. Um, what would you say your biggest learning experience was or experiences Ooh. at Lauria?
2: Well, um, it's doing your research. That's one. Um, I knew nothing about the harp. And I wrote for harp and cello, and, um, Cam McKittrick, who was my comp prof at the time, was like, so, um, what instruments, um, do you just not know? Like, what instrument are you uncomfortable with? I'm like, well, I know nothing but the harp. And he went, you're going to write for harp this year. <laughs> and I went, great. <laughs> so, um, kind of involved a lot of research, knowing the pedals, uh, knowing the limits, knowing, um, yeah, so limits, dynamic-wise, uh, range-wise, um, and then I sort of was experimenting with prepared harp because of a friend of ours, uh, Grace Shield. She does a lot of prepared harp. So I was inspired by her prepared harp and sort of like add prepared harp in the piece. Um, so that's one, researching your instruments, knowing your people. Um, and another one is if you like to write big ensemble pieces, good luck because it's hard to get ever for rehearsal time, right? So it's all about uh, planning out rehearsal times, um, the doodle poles the the other one with like the green bars I don't know what that's called um and uh yeah and it's, and if if they're all from like first to fourth year they'll all have different schedules right so it's a tough thing too being able to plan rehearsals um and how you treat your players too like always Linda has taught us like always listen to your players like oh greg like this would sound better on this instrument if you're looking for this i'd be like yes i want to listen to that i like that so always listen to your players because they know way more about you to their like about their instruments and stuff um yeah just doing your research is probably the hardest part and trying to organize rehearsals is probably the toughest challenge for me when it comes to composing and stuff really yeah <laughs>
1: Are there any, like, projects that you're currently working on or planning?
2: Well, um, after my grad piece, um, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, but I'm trying to focus on a bass clarinet concerto for Catherine Ledano. and, sorry, Dr. Catherine Ledano. Sorry. She got her doctor recently. Yes. Good. <laughs>
0: wow.
2: Sorry, that applause. It felt good. But, um, yeah, for her and for Wooden Ensemble, and uh, it would be potentially played in the Last Wind concert if I get it done. Which I'm very close-ish, kind of-ish, a little bit. So that's my big project that I'm working on now. And it's it's a lot of improv. And since it's a, it's supposed to be a jazz theme concert, so Dr. Kuhn sort of influenced me, be like, hey, like... It's improv, so it's jazz, right? I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay, I mean, I tried to add some jazz influence in there. So I listened to a lot of Snarky Puppy and uh, Jacob Collier a lot when I was, like, thinking about the piece. Although somehow I created a riff that sounded like um, Eric Clapton's Layla, like the beginning. <laughs> somehow it that came out a little bit. I don't know how, but that happened. And uh, tried to add some other influences like Rhapsody and Blue into it. So yeah. that's my project.
1: Rhapsody and Blue is going to be on that concert. That too, yeah. yeah. So was, <laughs> I
2: thought that'd be pretty funny. But cool. it's a lot of improv. It's an improv bass clarinet concerto, I guess. And also, I'm trying to add, like, um, uh, for the conductor too, for Dr. Kuhn, some I'm conducting improv elements into the piece. So I'm looking forward to if I can actually finish that. That's also another struggle. Finishing pieces, deadlines. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs>
0: um so with improvising and just um generally outside of that what would you say your writing style is
2: oh well uh never really thought about that <laughs> um i mean whew. when it comes like to improvising music i like to play with um extended techniques so i'll play the piano as if it's not a piano i'll throw some stuff in there some ping pong balls so prepare piano that's i guess you could say it's a style um I've been trying to play with reflective harmony if I ever, like, hit, like, a like a roadblock if I ever got stuck. Because um, my difficulty, too, when it comes to composing, I'll always want to create new material rather than work on the previous material. Because, <clears throat> like, just like in the Baroque era, classical era, they have taught us that you could work on it, you know, one line and just expand on it. So that's what I've been trying to do recently, just work on, like, what I've got and just expand on it. <laughs> rather than just create, 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 and the next thing you know, I'm just... It's not stopping because I got to, it just keeps going. So, um, I don't, I guess that's the only thing I could think of really just, I like playing with sounds. So you could tell that's me in a way, prepared piano. But like if I were to like call myself a style, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't be able to put my finger on it really. So,
0: yeah. That's a tough question.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's a tough one. I was like, well never thought about myself enough to think about that.
1: <laughs> do you have like a writing process?
2: Um, yes, I do. It's, it's always different, but lately I've been creating roadmaps. <clears throat> um, so sometimes there'll be a graphic score. and I'll write down ideas and be like, Oh, I want like the guitar to do this. I don't like do a squiggly line or something, but like later out, later on, write it out like a notation. Um, that's what I did for my grad piece. It was, it was a graphic score. And then it became so too many pages that I had to create like a script instead. Um, But that's usually my process, just a big roadmap. And I'll just keep writing until I feel like I'm done. I then create another roadmap and then just get more picky and nitty-gritty and write stuff out more. So roadmaps, they help
1: for people that don't know about your grad piece do you want to talk about it oh
2: that's true um so my grad piece it was uh so it was there was a shooting on the danforth last summer so uh, the piece was dedicated to the danforth shooting um it's two movements movement one is a soundscape where i recorded a, I recorded the sounds from uh the water fountain uh on the Danforth, straight to Bowden, and then I recorded on the way back as well. So you just hear the sounds of the Danforth recreating the, um, the environment. Um, <clears throat> and then the second movement, it's written for a uh, singer, a loop human choir, which is just basically, picture a loop pedal, but with people instead. So it adds elements of improv and improv conducting for the soloist, because the soloist will control the loop choir pedal. <laughs> um, who else? Percussionist, how many did I have? Oh, I had a bass drum and a crash cymbal on a timpani. <clears throat> I had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven snares, I believe. Seven snares. And then I gave him like little marbles on the snare to sort of recreate like some, like a, like a, uh, sort of recreated like time in a way. Like you just heard like this nice... It's a cool sound, um, and then I had I wrote for as many double basses as possible. Yeah, my goal, my dream was to have every single double bassist at Laurier <laughs> playing in this, but um, I was only able to get three, which is which was good, and I appreciate the help from them. Um, but the idea was just as many as possible, because I like the bass sound. Like if you gather all the double basses, like it's it's a hefty sound. <laughs> it's like a oh, like <laughs> especially if they're all playing in harmony. It's just oh, like I can't describe it. (laughs) Um, But uh, the soloist singer, uh, what she was singing off, I wrote a page of just words, sarcastic phrases, how I felt about uh, just guns in general and gun violence. And then I told her just to literally sing how, uh, like, whatever you want within this. Uh, The only uh, parameters I had was... um, the double basses would give like an E flat drone, so that gave her like a starting pitch at least. So then she could go off however she wanted to. Um uh, and the way I wrote the words too sort of would I was hoping would inspire her to uh, how she would sing the words. Um I sure brought the page with me, but it just I'm not one for calligraphy, but like sometimes I'll like I'll try my best. So that it just looks kind of aesthetically pleasing if that makes sense if we had the page but unfortunately we cannot see pictures on this podcast so it's okay um what else about my grab piece um that's about it really i was really happy to get a standing o from someone i saw someone stand up that felt good as a composer you're getting a standing o it's it's like what no way stop it sit back down but (laughs) they liked it so I was happy. Um and as a composer it's like I try my best to really put out that view and then people really took it like they were happy with the results and I just couldn't think I was actually capable of doing something like that to move people. Like one person told me like two people were crying and the left at the end and I was like whoa and I was like I I don't know how to react to this. <laughs> like good crying, bad crying? Are, are there good and bad crying? Like I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> All of a sudden, my English is breaking out. Are there good, back crying? <laughs> Me don't know. But. Um. But that piece took a while to write, too. The, the re- rehearsal times, like, I had to, like, um, <clears throat> I had to gather each group separately, and then rehearse with them separately with singer double bass, singer plus percussion, uh, singer plus loop choir, and then sometimes I just single out each group. Um. And there was choreography, too. Holy, that's important. Um, so at the beginning of the piece, um, during the soundscape, I get my percussionists to move out into their spots. So they're surrounding the audience. Okay, that's, that's pretty crucial. So they're surrounding the audience. And at the end, near the end of the piece, um, the words, thoughts, and prayers to me, it's I hear too many political leaders say that. And sometimes they don't do anything. They're just saying it. So it becomes too annoying to me. So I got the precautionist to move like in and out of the audience, being like, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, to sort of create a visual to how dense that phrase is becoming. Um, and what else? So choreography, that was one thing we had to practice. Luckily, it wasn't too hard for them. Um, that's all I could really think of in my grad piece. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's good. We can yeah, back to it. Um, do you think cool. of something.
0: So, you mentioned, like, Snarky Puppy, Jacob Collier. Yeah. Um, who would you say your favorite composers or, like, music creators are? Wow.
2: Um, geez. If you have any. I mean, like, before, I guess, I guess in first year, it was, like, I was hugely inspired by Alexis on Fire and Muse and some good old bands <laughs> like that. Um, um, yeah, just Alexis on Fire. I enjoyed the different textures, like, uh, so we got Dallas, like.
0: Ooh, down
2: the <laughs> and then he got some Wade, Wade, and then George like, and then, like different textures right the soft medium and like hard um and I enjoy like the different harmonies they are able to create um Muse um I like I enjoyed how Matt Bellamy like he really uh in like taking classical genre and like sort of combining it to like his rock band was sort of like a cool thing yeah. when I listened to Muse um When it comes to uh, composers in general, I mean, uh, John Cage is an influence for sure. I enjoy like the the ideas of silence and just thinking music as it's everywhere in a way. So that's that's where I got the idea of like playing with a lot of sounds as well. Because I do like, I understand that feeling if music is everywhere. Um, Who else? Wow. Snarky Puppy, yeah, I try. Jacob Collier, I try um who else um like i mean i've been listening to frame kanye too which is too funny i mean i was listening to the dark fantasy album and what is it 80s with heartbreak or something 80s heartbreak? heartbreak. yes so that's where i've been trying to play with a lot of electronics recently too so i'm trying to incorporate that into my pieces too so um at least with improv i do as well but I'm trying to sort of break free and try to add more sounds. But that's just, that's just like an endless question for me about like who would, who are my like favorite composers, groups, artists. That's just like, if we had like a long time, I could just keep writing a list. Mm -hmm. We'd be here for like a long time. So (laughs) yeah. Um,
1: what are your like short term or like long term goals after this?
2: Who? Um, and start with short term. Like after Laurier? Yeah. Those goals. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Um. Well, for sure, graduate. That's that's a good goal. I would love to graduate. I'm thinking about that day. Yeah, that'd be a good day if I graduate. Um. What else? Um. I mean, I would love. I'm looking at master's programs, but unfortunately, I would love to work for a year first, pay off that OSAP. Um, and then looking to more master's programs. I was looking at, um, where is it? Was it Sweden? Cause there's some comp improv programs out in Europe. Um, I think, I think it was Sweden, Estonia, somewhere out there. That'd be like a dream to be out in Europe for like a master's degree. Um, I was looking at Royal College of Music for a bit too. And then a friend of mine told me they specialize in like movie scores. And I'm just like, well, I'm okay with movie scores. I enjoy movie scores. I'd be down the right movie scores. Um, or else. Um, if I were to stay close to home, it'd be like, uh, I'd probably want to take a look at UBC because I know that Linda did her master's there and it's a good program out there. And we have, uh, I have a couple friends out there doing, uh, out West doing master's programs with composition and other music related master's programs. Uh, I know there's a, I know there's programs at U of T and Western, but at the end of the day, uh, the wise words of Dr. Girardian, it's all depends who you want to work with. (laughs) So it's, and it's true. So just, I would have to do my research more on like who's teaching at these schools. But for now, like Europe would be pretty cool. That's like a long term goal, I guess. Yeah.
0: Europe would be very cool. Yeah. um what would you say uh made your laurier experience unique compared to other schools
2: well um i have to say it's the community and the people like the profs such a small school everyone knows it's a small school and the profs just know you skip class they'll roast the bejeebies out of you <laughs> like um and the community in general like i've at laurier it, it kind of makes sense if you were to go to a big school of course you'd run into more jerks you know what i mean but with laurier it's so small it's like where the odds you'll run into like a the 1% population that don't like. But everyone at lower to me, like it's I'm able to go to school, go to class, and it's seems to me everyone's everyone's always really friendly to each other. Supporting too, that's the most important part too. I've never in the comp program run into someone that's like um like competitive vibe. Like it's not really a big competitive vibe in the comp program. Like there is a there's like a working hard vibe and like wanting to get your music out there. But there's no one that's like all Haha, I'm degrading your piece of music cuz mine's better than yours. Like there's not really a lot of that. Um but it, yeah, for me it's the community and just how everyone's it's like a family, which is really dope. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: So like you're in like fifth year, so is there anything yeah. you would like want to say to like a like a younger year or like lower years or like prospective students like wanting the to become
2: Well, um um ask questions do a lot of that that's um especially when it comes like things you don't know because it's for me I was an only child so like I had to do a lot of my research and I didn't really have like an older sibling to sort of like ask for help really and I I struggle without asking for help to begin with so it's um so I would just say ask questions ask for help if you really need it um even if it's something you think you could figure out on your own ask because you never know what the answer really could be um and just in students in general, or like composition students in general, but like just anyway, spelling. Yeah. Um, um, the music program may get hard, but like if you really love it, just keep going. Don't stop, unless if you it's not really your thing. But I mean, um, what else? The youngins. Man, I swear I could write a book on this too. <laughs> I'm too old for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, just ask questions. Ask for help if needed and uh no one's out to catch you we're all in this together <laughs> there we go the yeah. music world's so small in canada everyone knows each other mm-hmm. it's crazy
0: um and do you have any of your own music that you'd like to present
2: uh sure um well i have stuff from last year i am um, let's see that's an improv this one i don't know um yeah so last year i did a uh I made my own concert. I called it Greg's comp, composition and improv shindig, because I wanted to, you know, make things a bit easygoing, not this whole, you know, the proper way. So shindig. It's a nice. It just means like a small gathering, like a party in a way. So, um, I wrote for cello and prepared piano. So for this piece, I had a lot of prepared piano in it, like a lot of preparations in it. I had uh, some of the bass and I had some rubber pieces that you find, you know, the blue chairs and like, um, I think it's two two one or something, those blue chairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you put them, if you look at the bottom, there's like black rubber pieces. I totally, I totally like just teeth them. I <laughs> those. Um, I found it on the floor one day and I didn't know what they were. And I thought it was magical because it was it would look like a mute for strings. I had no idea what it was until I actually knocked down a chair and I saw them and I went, I'm just taking them all. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else did I use? I think I might use some markers in there too. Cause like, um like the board markers, cause like the space between the strings when you get lower, it's a bit further. So the marker totally fits perfectly in between. Um, I've chopsticks. Once you get a bit higher in the, in the base end, um, I think I put two chopsticks per string. So there's like string, chopstick, string, chopstick, string. So that's one set. Um, middle register I'm pretty sure I had a playing card taped onto the middle register. I'm pretty sure that's a thing because it gives it a nice snap to it in the middle of the register. sort of like a almost like a snare effect in a way if you were to hit it hard enough. and then the really really high register I have I have some screws. it was the first time I went John Cage. like I' prepared the piano with like a bunch of things. I've never done screws till like this moment and it sort of created that toy piano effect I was like, oh, this is so dope. Greg, why not you get the toy piano set, How about no? <laughs> this is way cooler than that. Um, of course, I was very gentle with it. I taped the screws because that's important. Metal on metal, scratches strings, and no good. <laughs> um, and what you could do as well, I believe it's if you get pliers and sort of just like gently open the strings and then gently place the string in there. Or if you weave, I was told to weave the screw in. So it's like gently getting in there without scratching. Um, what else did I do in that piece? I feel like I did something else. There were some improv elements in there, like, um, about near the end of the piece, where it's just, like, piano and cello go off, where it's, like, piano has a chord, and then cello is, like, a, and then, like, piano has a chord, and then cello is the same thing, too. It was, like, a cool conversation, so it just depends who's playing on the piece, uh, who's playing the piece. Uh, my girlfriend, Morgan, played it for me. She was wonderful in it uh what else can i say about this piece um what's it called oh the, <laughs> that is so true the name uh i believe it's uh i called it cello and prepared piano but the movement was called endurance because i have this one little riff where it's like in the right hand and it was the most tiring thing i've ever done in my life and i just kept on going and i'm just looking at my right hand and i'm seeing my forearm just Bulging. And I was like, this is... I feel no pain. This is okay. <laughs> this is for art. So, uh, yeah, I called endurance, too, because of the speed and the intensity of the piece. So, that's, that's good, the name. Names are a part. <laughs> Remember, young ones, name your pieces. But...
1: What about, like, the other movements?
2: Oh, true. Well, first movement was called... Um, I believe it was called a theme, because I based because I based it on a theme. it had more preparations it had more chopsticks I don't think I had I think I put screws in it but I didn't use the screws um and there was no playing card so it was a bunch of heavy like so on the left hand I was recreating um like a triplet feel like so that's where the chopsticks and the rubber pieces came in so you still hear the notes but you have this like almost like drum effect and then the cello just pretty much had the theme throughout the entire piece um what else so that's called a theme and then the last movement is called atmosphere so it's this is the part where we just got to play with accent techniques and this is where i asked morgan and she was like yeah cello can do this cello can do that i was like whoa why do i write for that because that's so cool <laughs> um so we played with a lot of excited techniques in that um and there was an improv element not because i couldn't find an ending <clears throat> but the idea was i threw material material and then it was literally just, uh, I wrote improvised for like the last three minutes or so based on material from the previous, from the previous material. And then I did have like one note cued, I believe in the piano that would cue like, Hey, these are the last four bars now. So I wrote like a random bar of improv. And then after that, there are like four bars of like ending. Um, and then again, depends who's playing it. Uh, I had Morgan, my cellist, my, I had her cue something that she was done improvising and then I would cue my last note and that we would continue on to the piece um that was a really cool sounding piece to me, I enjoyed all the uh, that's another piece too where I did a lot of research on those extended techniques, there's a cellist, her name is Peggy Lee look her up, I got a lot of sounds from her as well, so she's really dope so, plays a lot in the area too, sometimes, occasionally but yeah, look her up she's dope are there any pieces you want to talk about? Um, Like that I've written in general? Like, um, well, uh, and before last year, I never really written for piano. I was scared of it because it's my own instrument. And I've seen <laughs> Matt shaking his head. He's like, yeah, I feel you. Like <laughs> because we know what we're capable of. And it's like, oh, this is like so easy. I don't like this. We're like, my left hand could be doing something right now. <clears throat> but uh, last year was the first time I wrote for piano. And I did. I was trying to write some nocturnes. Um, Cam always wrote to me, he's like, they don't really sound like nocturnes. And I'm just like, why are you doing this with me, Cam? <laughs> I googled the term nocturne. It just means night music. So I'm just like, you could totally hear this at night. Um, but that's where I, I wrote like prepared piano nocturnes. I was like, ooh, let's modernize this now. Um, but before that, the very first piano piece I wrote that I played at Laurier, really, last year, was um, it was my <laughs> prepared the uh, prepared Piano Prelude where I threw 100 ping pong balls into a piano and then just go from there just to play with the ping pong balls popping up and people seemed like that so I was Did you get them all out? No, I did not get them all out but that's the goal though <laughs> that is the goal to get them all out it was a uh, uh, so I first played it by myself to make sure like it was exactly what I wanted <clears throat> so it worked out but I did want more balls to react and pop out of the piano so then I figured okay, I'll just like write the ending was just a bunch of bass so I just went ham on the bass and then I noticed the balls were popping up more. And that was the fun part. just And people said, like, yo, you should have made a movement where you just got rid of all the balls, just cluster chords the entire time. So I'm still working on that one too. I wanted to write a fugue for it. I was talking to Dr. Swindon and be like, yo, Dr. Swindon, I'm coming out days with a fugue. And I don't think he believes me to this day. I still want to get it done. Uh, but the f- and also the first movement for that too. I got the idea from Linda. She's like, "Yeah, you should just sit there and put the balls in the piano as a movement." And I went, "I like that. I'll do that." So that's why at the beginning of that piece, everyone just like watch me put the balls in the piano. That was like movement one. And then conveniently, I had one ball left, and I just gently placed it into one spot of the piano. And I'm trying not to sneeze. Sorry, everyone. Oh, oh my God! There's tissue right there. AFK. That better be in the podcast. We'll be taking a short break. I am back. While well, Greg sneezes. <laughs> I am back. Oh, but yeah, that was a that was a fun moment. That piece. That's where I really got a chance to experiment a lot with the piano, uh, visually, because I wanted to do more visuals. I was gonna get. Um, I wanted to turn off the lights, kind of, and like have glow in the dark ping pong walls and do that. But Lynn was like, <laughs> "It was really cool to see me put the balls in the piano." I was like, "Okay, that's cool." so that's my next goal play with like gold in the dark stuff eventually so yeah
1: <laughs> what about like any like ensemble experience at Laurier? Ooh,
2: uh jesus um choir first year um I had fun with it um dr young we did some like improv so i think that's where i got more inspired to do improv as well um also i do love just playing at the piano for shits and giggles so, that probably helped me with the improv. So, next year, I joined ICE, which I auditioned for, and I got in, and I felt good. I usually, for auditions, I usually don't get in anywhere. It's like, oh, nice try, Greg. See you next year. But this time, it was, nah, you did it. I was like, yes. <laughs> um, and I was in ICE. Second year, pretty much every year in Lorient, actually, except for um, one year, I also was a volunteer for the Wind Ensemble. So, that's how I uh I got to meet Dr. Kuhn, and she's wonderful as well. Um, Yeah, I did one ensemble for... Oh, geez, that year was stressful, too. I was a volunteer for um, Wind, because that was Stravinsky Fest, where a whole week the school put on concerts just by and inspired by Igor Stravinsky. So that was was wild. And Wind played practically almost every other night. We played... We had our own concert. We played with... um, uh all the choirs symphony psalms we also uh we also had a concert with the um the symphony orchestra um i think we had a concert with the jazz man i believe uh we didn't play with ice so that was a break for kind of a break for me um but like i i swear i remember playing every other night and that was wild oh man the stress eating too (laughs) i swear i had a burrito and a shawarma every other day. Holy, those are good times. <laughs> but those are just the ensembles of than ice and wind ensemble. But ice is fun too, though. Improv. We did a movie last year, Phantom of the Opera. It's pretty dope.
1: Are there any, like, profs or instructors at Laurier that, like, stand out to you?
2: Like, any who? Profs or instructors. Um, well, to me, it just depends on when it happened. Like, for me, Dr. Yeun was like, I've heard mixed feelings about him but during my time like he was a really nice guy and he was like pretty inspiring I don't know what happened later on I've heard people just go like oh I can't stand that guy but um, back in the day he was he was different so I don't know what happened um, uh, Dr. Lodano Catherine she was a huge inspiration for me for improv uh, I've been with her pretty much since like day one so she's been helping me become a better improviser uh, more thoughtful improviser um <laughs> Who else? Um Linda is wonderful. She's so just caring and like encouraging and inspirational. And she'll be like, Oh, this piece? Why are you worried about this? Like she'll she'll just talk it through you. I I can't even explain it. Um, Cam McKittrick, he's been there since day one for composition as well. Like um he's helped me he helped me with the logistics of composition. He's like, Have you thought about this? Like, can this happen? will the piano be overpowering the cello? And yes, it was at one moment. Um, uh, Just logistics too. So he helped me with logistics and Linda helped me with more uh, the creative aspects of composition as well. Um, Jeez. Shout out to my boy, uh, Dr. Joseph Ferretti. Uh, he's been there since Matt's uh, Matt, Matt shadow as well. He's been there since day as well for me. He um, helped me become a better piano player. Um, I had a phase where I wanted to do performance, and I was actually on the right track. And then I took a year off, and that went downhill. I was like, "Whoops," but um, he uh, he was there through a lot to help me out with like some personal issues and um, piano stuff. So uh, also shout out to Lane Lowe as well. She is wonderful. Joe's wife. She's a great pianist as well. Um, who else? Too so many people to shout out to. It's not even fair. Uh, Dr. Carruthers, my boy. Uh, he's been there for a lot for me as well. Um, my girl, Kathy. She's wonderful as well. Um, hmm. uh, who else? Who else? Mm, it's not even fair. There's too many people to name right now. I'm just, uh, <laughs> um, who else? i trying to think of all the props like, I've had and... But, like, usually, like, like a good... The, the that I've had, like, they've been really helpful and, um, they've been really supportive and helped me become who I am as a musician today, I guess, it's the best way to put it. But I just can't think of any names that have come up to me at the moment. But if there is one prof that would hear this and they go, like, oh, my God, you didn't message me, then i feel so bad if I mm-hmm. forgot you. I'm sorry. But, uh... Last question? We've actually
1: gone through all the questions.
2: Oh. Well,
1: thank you for being on the first episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.
2: This is nice. Thank you. Thank you.
1: For more information, check out lauriamc.weebly.com or on our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.